Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'll talk to you a little bit about brave. When someone says that someone is brave, what does that make you think of? And a lot of times we'll think of someone in battle that did some great heroics and stepping forward when it looked like all odds were against them. And they stepped up and they received a medal of bravery for something that they did. Or you may find, it may be as, as, as simple as the bully that continues to bully in the schoolyard and, and someone steps up to the bully and someone that has never done this before and you look at them and they're like, man, they're really brave to be able to do that. But brave in the sense of what you and I face every day is what I'd like to talk about and hopefully give you a word that the scripture talks about in being brave. And I'd like for you to think with me just for a second about the story of when the disciples were told by Jesus to meet him on the other side and they got into a boat. And so they start sailing across this sea of Galilee. And as they're going across, of course, Jesus is not with them. And then the storm is so strong that they really become afraid about uh, if they're even going to make it to the other side. And then of course they see Jesus come walking on the water. And then Peter has his moment of excellence of faith when he speaks out to the Lord and says, hey, if that's really you, let, let me come out there and walk. And then this is where you see bravery step up because he's, he's doing something that's never been done before. He's, he's stepping out. And a lot of times we look at that storm, we're like, man, we're not gonna go out in a boat. We're not gonna try to walk on the water. Jesus is not here bodily, you know, so how's this really affect me? But I want you to know some of you are facing situations right now in your life that you need some bravery to really face what you're going through. Some of you, you're seeing things in the physical and as much as you're wanting to have faith, those physical things are affecting you negatively. So I wanna talk to you a little bit about that and try to give you something that will help you because a lot of times when we go through things like that, our question is, and this is humanity, we might not wanna admit it to anybody, but we're saying, where is Jesus? Where is God? Have you gone through something and asked yourself that question? Okay, God, where are you? I mean, you know that he's there because he's everywhere, right? He's omnipresent, but you really can't see him in what you're going through. And so let's look at that for a second. Uh, we talked about trusting in God and believing. And uh, most of us believe this, but sometimes it's hard to really grasp it when things happen that seem like they're out of control. It's hard to really feel like that God is in control but he really is in control. And so I apologize to you. I had a, a, a PowerPoint and everything and, and I got it right here in my pocket and I forgot to give it to you guys, I apologize. And so you're not gonna be able to say it cause it's in my pocket. So sorry about that. But I will give you the scriptures if you wanna look them up. The scripture I wanna look at tonight when you're facing a stormy situation is in Philippians chapter four and verse six. And in the NIV, it says, do not be anxious. Everybody say anxious. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, I want to point that out, not anxious in anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, 
Present your request to God. Anxious is a very interesting word there. It means to not be nervous or worried or uneasy or frightened or, or afraid in that way. Uh, don't look at the person beside you, but how many of you know that there's some people in your life that when something happens, they get anxious? And you may even be anxious yourself. You become worried. You become nervous. You become uneasy and frightened. And a lot of times you'll look at that and say, man, is, is this a real scripture that applies to me? You mean we're not supposed to be anxious and nervous about any of these things? That's what the Word of God says. When you think about worry, when you're thinking about worry, I think of my mom. My mom all the time used to say, I'm so worried, I'm so worried. And when I was little, I didn't really say anything to her, but as I got older and I, I started working in ministry and trying to help people, I would talk to my mom about being worried. And I would ask her a few questions. I'd say, mom, I wanna ask you something. All the times that you worried about stuff, has it ever done any good? And she says, well, no, not really. Well, has it changed the situation? No, but I'm just worried. And I said, well, there's a difference between being worried and being concerned. Concerned about something is different than worrying about it. Your worrying's not going to help anything, but what it does is it brings all kinds of stress to you because you're trying to work something out in your mind that you know is never even going to possibly make a difference. Joyce Meyer said it this way, and it's a good statement. Worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. Worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. And you probably know some people, well, I'm just worried about this and worried about that. And then you ask them about it a year later, did that ever happen? No, I was worried about it, but it never did happen. Your words frame your life. Think about that. Your words that you speak out, they frame your life. The words we speak, the words we hear, the words we continue to play over in our minds and we eat, we digest. Many people blame their life situation on their parents that constantly told them over and over, you're no good, you'll never make anything out of yourself. And those words framed their lives because they begin to believe what they were told. You know, some people, they'll say it over and over and over even though it's not true because they feel like if they keep saying it, eventually it will become truth. But it doesn't become truth just because you say it over and over and over. But it does have an effect upon people when it's in a negative light or if it's in a positive light. And so a lot of times you'll hear people say stuff like this. We'll never have anything. You ever heard somebody say that? We'll never have anything. As soon as we get some money, something else comes up. There's a dental bill. There's a medical bill. We'll never have anything. Or they'll say, we just can't catch a break. Or everything seems to work against us. And so here's a good exercise for you to follow. And I want you to do this with me to try to help you understand what I'm saying. And that is... I'm going to say this statement, and then when I say it, I want you to follow it up with the rest of the sentence. And the rest of the sentence is this, and that is just the way I want it. Let's try it. And that's just the way I want it. Try it one more time. And that's just the way I want it. So I'm going to say the first part, 
And then you say the second part. We will never have anything. We can't catch a break. So you can't even hardly say it, can you? Really, that's what people are doing to themselves. They're not putting that second part on there, but you're pigeonholing yourself into a place that your mind starts telling you that's the way it is. It's not going to change. It's not going to be indifferent. What does the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so you start saying it and saying it and saying it. You put it in your heart. You put it in your mind. Then you're speaking it out. You're speaking negative things towards yourself instead of blessings towards yourself and towards your family. They say in the South that you can say anything about anybody as long as you end it with bless his heart or bless her heart. That boy don't have a clue, bless his heart. That girl just can't get it together, bless her heart. But you can say, bless your heart all you want at the end. The statement is still negative. It doesn't change it because you say, bless your heart. It frames who they are. It frames their life many times. There's an old country saying that says, if you lay with the dogs, you will get the fleas. Who are you hanging around? Who are you listening to? What report are you hearing? What songs are you listening to? Who is speaking into your life? Do you have people around you that speak life into your life? Or do they constantly speak negative things in your life? I don't know about you, but I know myself, it makes me feel different when I'm around people that speaks life that speaks positive things in my life. I like to be around them. There's an old saying that says, people don't remember what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. Think about the people that you're around and when you walk off from them, you walk off from people that had come up to you and said, what in the world are you doing wearing that shirt with those pants? When you walked off, how did you feel? I can't wait to get around that guy again. Man, he's so positive. That's not how you feel. You're like, man, I didn't know this didn't go together. I wish I'd, what in the world am I thinking? And you probably have a perfect match. It's just what their opinion is. But when you speak life, when someone speaks to you and say, where'd you get that shirt at? I've been wanting one like that, man. You always wear the coolest clothes. Where do you get those at? When you walk off, you're not walking off saying, man, I hope I never see that guy again. You're thinking, He values me. He values something about me. And it makes a difference in how you feel about the person or how you feel about yourself. People that are cynical, degrading, negative, mean-spirited, those are things that push people down and it causes people to shrink in their bravery of stepping up and being the person that God wants them to be and the plan that he has for them. Uh, there's a song I love, and, and many of you listen to Christian music, you probably have heard the song. It's called Speak Life. And here's the words. Some days life feels perfect. Others day, other days, it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Though it's crazy, amazing, we can turn a heart with words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die based upon the words. And it says, so speak life. 
Speak life to the deepest, darkest night. Speak life, speak life. When the sun won't shine and you don't know why. Anybody ever been there? Look into the eyes of the brokenhearted. Watch them come alive and soon you'll speak hope. You'll speak love. You'll speak life. Speak life. What a powerful song. I think that we all live long enough to realize the sun's not going to shine every day. Amen? It's not going to be perfect all the time. There are going to be times that we go through things in life. And you have to have that positive word to where you can step up in your situation and be brave with what you're facing, knowing God is in this with me and I'm going to be the person that speaks life, not death. Just as old Thumper's mom said in Bambi's story, if you can't say anything good, don't say nothing at all. Just hold it. Speak life to people. Here's another thing I want you to consider. When you're in a storm, I'm not talking about a, a storm that's coming there on the East Coast now, not a storm like that, but a storm in your life and waves are crashing against you. There's two things a lot of people think about and they wonder and it causes them to face things differently. When you go through a storm, there's two things that can happen. One, did you create the storm or did God allow the storm? God's all powerful and he can keep storms away from you and guide those storms away from you. When the disciples got on the ship and went over there, I wonder if they were thinking, why did Jesus let us get on the ship and go over here if he knew there was going to be a storm? And many times you may ask yourself that question when you're going through things. I'm serving God. I'm loving God. Why did God let me go through this storm? Why am I in this? If God knew this, why didn't he stop that? Why didn't he give me a word and stop it? And here's the reason why I want to share with you. There's two things that happen. Sometimes you create your own storm. And because God gave us this thing called choice, when you make the choice to do that, God's not going to stop you and block you and say, you don't get to make a choice anymore. He will always let you make the choice whether it is good or bad or whether it's just mediocre. You make the choice. And when you make that choice, sometimes that determines the storms that you go through. Other times, it's called life. Everybody say life. Life happens to everybody. And life has full of storms. And yes, there are times God could step in supernaturally and stop it, but sometimes life creates those storms. But there is value in going through a storm, whether it's one you created or whether it's one that life has created for you. And I'll explain that to you. I'll give you an example. Here's a storm that people have created. Let's say someone starts getting in the mail, and I know none of you are in this category, so I'm not talking about you, but uh, mail starts coming in, and they want to give you credit cards, and they just keep sending you this stuff in the mail saying, you're pre-approved, you're pre-approved. All you got to do is just sign this and send it in, and you're pre-approved for this much, and before you know it, you got four or five credit cards because one finds out that you'll take it, then another one starts sending another one. I don't know how they do that, but before long, you've got, hey man, look at this, I got all these credit cards, and I'm going to go shopping, and you go shopping, and you run up the credit card to where it's the max, now you can't charge any more on it, but now you're getting the bills, and you're like, I can't, I 
what do I do? I can't pay all this. And then what do we do? God, help me, Lord, get out of this debt. Who created the storm? I did. Does God not care about me being in the storm? No. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to help me through the storm. He's not going to say 12, 24, 16, 54, and 72. That's the lottery numbers. Go play it and you get out. That would be awesome, God. Then I don't have to worry about it. I just pay everything off. Lord, I'll pay my tithes, I promise, and I'll be good. And man, I'll give more than I ever give. Come on, God, help me. And God's like, you created the storm. You're going to go through it. But I want you to know, I'm going to go through it with you. I'm going to help give you wisdom so that you'll learn how to handle finances so you won't get in this trouble again. I'll help you through it. But we just want God to get us out of the storm, not go through the storm. You have to step up with bravery and realize in life there are storms you have to brave and go through. Simon Peter, I believe, would tell you one of his greatest moments in life was when he walked on the water. Would you agree? Maybe not the greatest, but one of the greatest. Could he have ever done that without the storm? Wouldn't happen. And so what happens is a lot of times we go through storms and we shrink back in our bravery and we just want to get under the covers and pull down and we get depressed. And the whole time God is saying, I know this storm is not something that you desire to go through, but there's something that you can gain from this and you can be brave. And when you come out on the other side, it's going to be so much better than what it was before you went through. I'm sure the Hebrew children, when they faced the fiery furnace, and the king said, we're going to heat the furnace up and we're throwing you guys in. I'm sure they were thinking, God, please deliver us, please deliver us, please deliver us. We, want, we don't want to go through that fire. And if they had a choice of not going through the fire or getting thrown in the fire, I'm sure they would have said, we'll, we'll check to not go in. We'll, we'll just say we're not going to do that. But do you think their faith was stronger when they got out of the fire than before they went in? They said, our God can deliver us. But when he did deliver you and you come out on the other side, all of a sudden your, your faith is much stronger. I'm sure that people got out and said, man, those guys are so brave. You see, God allows us to go through things that will help us. I'll give you another example of something we may cr maybe create in ourselves. We're at work. We're supposed to be nice to certain people. We create a problem with some of our coworkers. We're, we're not, we're, uh, at odds with them. We're working against them. And, and the boss brings us in and says, hey, look, you're not working well with others. You need to try to work a little bit better with others. And you go back and do the same thing. And he brings you in and you get demoted because you weren't able to work with other people. And all of a sudden we're pushed down and we're like, man, why, why is it like this? Why is God letting this happen? We created that. We say, I've got to learn some of these things. This is the lesson for me to learn so that I can become better and I can move forward in the company and not back. It's hard for anyone to be demoted and go through that, but you have to let God strengthen you and help you through that trial. Somebody said, amen. And that sometimes we do not understand the storms that we go through. I want to go back to, to one point here, and that is, who are you listening to? What voices resonate with you? Peter could have listened 
and never launched the boat. Hey, I want you guys to meet me on the side. Jesus takes off. Hey guys, what are you going to do? We're, we're not going out there. We're not going. He, he's not going with us, so we're not going. He had a choice to obey and to follow what Jesus said. But he held on to Jesus' words because Jesus said, I will meet you on the other side. And when Jesus says something, it's going to happen. Write it down. There may be a whole lot that's going to happen in between there before you get to the other side. But you're going to get to the other side if he says that you're going to get to the other side. And so are you going sometimes to allow things in your life that people say to you affect you to where it changes how you do life. Now, probably nobody hears like this, but I know some people, they get so upset about Facebook. They'll post a picture in the morning at eight o'clock and then they'll be on their way to work. And before they get into work, they'll check their picture to see how many likes they got. And they're like, I can't believe so-and-so didn't like my picture. I liked their picture the other day. I like all their pictures and they never seem to like my stuff. What's the deal? I think that's a really good picture of a sunset. Why didn't they like my picture? And they spend the whole day wondering why people didn't like something and they didn't say the right thing and it affects them in their life to where they're really upset about it. Like I said, I know there's probably nobody here, but you probably know people at work that, that are like that. You, uh, they just thought, I, I got to know how many people liked it. They got 200 likes and I've only got 10. Do they like them better than they like me? What's the deal? I don't understand. Don't let it affect you in that way. Because you know what? If you do, it will drive your mood. It will affect you around your family. It will affect you around your friends. It will even affect you how you are towards that person. You'll see them and be like, oh, hey, how you doing? She didn't like my pictures the other day. I don't know why. She's the problem is. Don't let social media be what causes your day to be good or bad. Let Jesus be the reason that your day is good. Let your focus be upon him because he likes all of your pictures. He loves you just the way that you are. He won't check it on Facebook, but just check in with him in the morning before you go and he'll let you know that he loves you. Somebody said amen. So try to get off of the negative train. Don't let those things manipulate your life. And many people are concerned about what others say about them or what the enemy is saying about you. Listen, if somebody is an enemy, if something is working against you, you can write it down. Not only will they say things about you that are bad, they will lie about you and there's not anything you can do about it. Satan is a liar. He will do anything he can to bring you down. Everybody listen to me for just, just one minute right here. If you can get this one thing right here, he works, the greatest thing he can do is to distract your mind from what it's supposed to be on. I want you to think about that. If I get up in the morning and I'm having a great day and I had a good breakfast and I get in my car and I'm driving down the road and I got my Christian music playing, I'm feeling good. And all of a sudden somebody pulls out in front of me on the road and I just feel like they shouldn't have done that. If I'll allow that, that messed my whole day up. 
if someone flips me the bird for no reason, I'm just driving and they pass me and get right in front of me. I'm like, what did I do? That happened to me one day. I was going to, to church. I was going on the ramp and this guy just sped around me and got right in front of me and flipped me off. And I'm like, what's the deal? So I let him go in front of me. Then he wants to put his brakes on and slow down in front of me, get in front of me. Don't you love that? They can't wait to get in front of you, but then they want to slow down once they get in front of you. And I'm like, no, sorry. You're not messing my day up, man. You're not worth it. You're, you're not worth it. Just go on. I'll slow down, let you go. You're really in a hurry. I'm probably going to get there before you anyway, but you're really in a hurry. So you just go ahead and go. You've got to understand the enemy knows how to get under your skin to mess your day up and get your mind off of what God wants your mind to be on. And what you have to understand is what the enemy says about you publicly is not always what is said privately. The enemy would try to make you think that you don't have any power, he doesn't believe you can do anything, but I want you to know behind closed doors, it's a whole different story. If you are reading the book of 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse five in the NIV, I'll read it to you real quickly here. It tells the story of David whenever his son rose against him and he was seeking advice about how to hunt his father down and all of his warriors and destroy them. And here's what it says. But Absalom said, summon also Hushai the archite so we can hear what he has to say. When Hushai came to him, Absalom said, Ahithophel has given this advice. Should we do what he says? If not, give us your opinion. Hushai replied to Absalom, the advice of Ahaphel has given is not good at this time. You know your father and his men. They are fighters and as fierce as a wild bear robbed of her cubs. Besides your father is an experienced fighter. He will not spend the night in the troops. Even now he's hidden in a cave or some other place. If he should attack your troops first, whoever hears about it will say there's been a slaughter among the troops who follow Absalom. Listen to this. Then even the bravest soldier whose heart is like the heart of a lion will melt with fear for all Israel knows that your father is a fighter and that those with him are brave. That's what they said about David behind his back. But what they were saying where everybody could hear is that David shouldn't be the king. He shouldn't be around. We're going to defeat him. You have to understand what the enemy says about you publicly is not what they say about you privately. You're a child of God. You have the spirit of God inside of you. You can be brave through him and greater power is in you than the enemy that is in the world, regardless of what the enemy says. Look at Gideon. God told him, you're courageous. And Gideon was one of those guys that just thought God evidently, or the angel was talking to somebody else. You're courageous. He's a guy like, you talking to me? Yeah, you, you're courageous. He's like, 
Not me. I, I'm the lowest in my tribe. I, I'll net one of those. I'll never be anything. You know, I'm not that much. I'm in the weakest tribe. It just can't be me. God said, no, I'm talking about you. I am going to deliver you. I'm going to deliver you from the Midianites. And, and so he has this dream and God deals with him and he fleeced the Lord. Are you sure this is you? And went through the whole thing. And then finally he, he tells him, he says, listen, if you don't believe what I'm telling you, you go down to the enemy's camp and see what they're saying about you when nobody can hear. And he went down to the camp with somebody. And when he came back, he was walking in a different walk. Before, he didn't think he could do it. Now, he didn't think anybody could stop him because he heard the enemy saying that I saw this cake rolling down the hill, big barley cake, and it smashed all the tents and wiped everybody out. And another guy said, I know what that is. He gave him the interpretation. That is the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. And man, Gideon couldn't hardly hold his mouth to keep the expression out. He couldn't wait to get out of there and come back to camp and said, okay, we're going to fight. We're going to win this thing. And it didn't bother him that he only had 300 men. I don't know if you realize this, but he had 300 and the other guys had 185,000. The odds are pretty bad there. But he had God on his side and he said, I'm not worrying about what they said publicly. I went down and I heard what they were saying privately about us. And so therefore, my heart's risen, up with it, risen within me and we're ready to go and fight. And the story is they went and fight and they won the battle. Israel was the same way. Remember when they went to the promised land and they went over there and they came back and they said, we can't do it, we can't do it. I said, why not? And they didn't talk to anybody. They just observe. Sometimes our visualization of what we see, even though we say we walk by faith, a lot of times we don't. We go by what's visual. And we have to get past that and understand to be brave, you have to step out in faith. Peter didn't see that he was going to be able to walk as far as he did, but he stepped out in faith and he was able to walk out there towards the Lord. Here are these people, Israel, they come back and they said, we can't take this country. What's wrong with you? We look like grasshoppers in their sight. That's what they thought, but they didn't hear what the enemy said. If you go on in the history and you look at what they said, you'll find out in Joshua 2 and 10, here's what they said. For we have heard how the Lord has dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. You know who was telling them this? Remember when they sent the two spies? Earlier they sent 12 and they said we couldn't do it. Now they send two and they're talking to Rahab, the harlot, and all the people that are there. And here's what they're telling them. We heard about you all the way back when you crossed the Red Sea. How many years ago was that? And here's what they thought then. When you came out of Egypt, what you did unto the two kings and the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan and Zion and Og, whom ye destroyed. And then here's what they said in verse 11. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did they remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is a God in heaven above and earth beneath. They had the white flag, so to speak, and was ready to wave them. And Israel was over here because of what they saw visually and said, we can't take the land. Nobody would step up in bravery and said, wait a minute, 
God promised us this land. Why would God promise us something and then lead us to this land and jerk it away from us? No, we're going in there. We're going to be brave. We're going to step forward. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. We know that we're going to walk by faith. I speak to you tonight. I don't know what you're facing. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're worried about losing your job with the way that the gas and oil is now. Maybe there's situations you're facing with your family. And it's going to require you to allow God to help you through the storm. And you're going to have to be brave. You have to step up and say, God, physically it doesn't look like it needs to look. But I'm going to be brave in you. I'm going to step forward in faith. And just as Peter stepped out and got ready to step on that water, and all of a sudden the water became solid and he began to walk. Notice Peter did okay as long as he didn't allow his focus to be taken off of Jesus and focus on what he was going through. Sometimes we're so focused on what we're going through that we can't get our eyes on Jesus. This is what I'm going through. When he took his eyes off of Jesus and focused on what he was going through, he started sinking, and that happens to us. When we start looking and focusing on what we're going through. I read this scripture the other day when I was out doing some walking, and it was such a powerful scripture and ministered to me in such a great way. And then I went back and read the chapter. I won't read the whole chapter to you, but it's so powerful. I read it in the message And here's what the verse says that ends that chapter. It's Proverbs 31, excuse me, Psalms 31 and verse 24. If you got time tomorrow in the morning, read that chapter, Psalms 31. Here's what the last verse says. Be brave, be strong, don't give up. Expect God to get here soon. Isn't that encouraging? Expect God to get here soon. Work on your expectation. If you ask God to show up, I found out that he shows up. It might not be exactly when you want him to, but it's always on time. Be brave. Step forward. Listen to the right voices. Take the bad voices and push them away and speak life. Speak life into your job. Speak life into your family. Speak life into those situations that seem like it's not going to change. Speak life into that sickness situation. Speak it. Be bold. Speak out and be brave in the Lord. Would you stand with me?